0: You're listening to Law and Gospel Open Mic Friday on this November the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and the way we're doing Open Mic Friday is you send me an email, and I attempt to answer it. The email address to send to is lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com com. So this week I received an email from Tim. Hi, Pastor Baker. I really enjoy listening to your episodes on KFUO. I especially love it when you are on issues, etc. You explain the word in such a way that even I can understand. Now, let me share with you what he's talking about is I have my regular program Monday to Friday at 9.30 Central Time every morning, Monday to Friday. And then on Tuesday, I will do a Sunday School lesson that's kind of been prepared by Concordia Publishing House and give some insights for the Sunday School teachers. So that's something else that I'm doing on issues, etc. Back to the email. I spend a lot of time driving as my job is about an hour and a half from my home. I would really like to find a Bible study, preferably one that goes through the entire Bible and is easy to navigate, that I could listen to on my drive to work. I know there are plenty available, but I want to stay with a LCMS based study. I seem to have a hard time finding what I'm looking for. Would you be able to point me in the right direction? I appreciate greatly any help that you may be able to give. Thank you. And he signs his name. Well, I want to say my program doesn't really have a time from Monday to Friday where I start with a Bible passage, say, in Leviticus chapter 1, and then I go to Leviticus 2, Leviticus 3. No, I, I don't do that. But on Monday, I do the lessons for the following Sunday. On Tuesday, with Mark Smith, we look at the hymn assigned for the following Sunday. On Wednesday, I often do have a Bible study on a particular passage, then on Thursday with Wes Reimnitz, we take a look at issues going on in the world that affects religion and spiritual thinking. And then on Friday, we have open mic or open emails. But there are other programs on KFUO: there's a Bible study. Uh, before 9 o'clock at 8 o'clock. There's also uh, another one at, I believe it's, let's see, 10, 10.30. Um, After the chapel, they get into a Bible study, I believe at 11. And then during the week, occasionally you'll find Bible studies. And they're easy to navigate and you can listen to. Now, you may say, well, I'm driving, <coughs> excuse me, just coughed or sneezed. I- I'm driving when there are none on there. You can go to the archive section of Law and Gospel or any other program on KFUO, even issues, etc. And take a look, and you'll find plenty of Bible studies to listen to archived, which means if you have the proper radio system in your car, you can actually listen to them. Or you can make a copy of them at home off your computer. I've got truck drivers that do that for law and gospel. They come home on the weekend and they'll tape some of the programs from the following week, and then they listen to them in their vehicle. So that's another way to listen to Bible studies. But if you take a look at lcms.org and type up Bible studies, they also have a number of our pastors that are doing various areas of the Bible, and you can pick and choose maybe which Bible study you would prefer to listen to. Okay, next email. Dear Pastor Baker, I thought the subject about teens was very interesting. It's a good question. Why do teens leave the church as a mature, mature. I wanted to share my experience in this matter. As a young college man in the 60s, I tried to regularly attend church services each Sunday. The college parish had instituted folk masses in an attempt to appeal to the young people. For me, this backfired. I was looking for a divine service where I would meet God, where he has chosen to meet me, rather than attend a service where the priest acted as a clown and tried to be a cool dude with guitars and upbeat music. I was looking for a heavenly experience and not a rock concert. I slowly fell away from regular church attendance for years. I hope that Lutherans would never abandon the traditional liturgy and divine service, as did the Roman Catholic Church while a student on campus in the 60s. I think we need to understand that the LCMS needs to give young people what they need rather than conform to the world and give them what we think they want and need. Well, that's, I think, a really good insight. And I'm sure there are a lot of young people who are leaving churches and services that I myself would not attend because the word of God is not clear. There are so many who are doing hymns with upbeat and the pastor gets the impression, well, they must like this when few people are singing them in comparison to when the hymnal is open and hymns are sung. And then you get the idea that, well, some people may like that. That's true. In our old Adam We like anything that doesn't have proper biblical theology in it because it makes us feel good. Well, one of the important points that we learn is that we don't go to worship to make God feel good. We go to worship so that he can talk to us. And he does that through centuries of the divine liturgy with the readings and particularly proper hymns so i really agree with this i think a lot of people today young people are leaving the church because they don't agree with the bible's teaching on certain ethics you know we talked about abortion homosexuality and Things like that. And they want to not have to go to a place where they hear that they are a sinner if they're dealing with those items. Well, Jesus had that problem. He had that problem with people who wanted to crucify him because he was speaking God's word, but not in the way that they wanted the word to be spoken. And sure, People can even vote to want to have certain kinds of worship services that are not Christian. The possibility of a pastor going in a different direction is obvious. Just turn on the radio and listen to another station besides KFUO. I was listening to a pastor do a sermon, and... I couldn't believe it. Throughout the whole sermon, never was the forgiveness of sins mentioned. Instead, it was a sermon about how Jesus is at the right hand of God, and therefore we have the power to change the world through Jesus, and that we should use that power he has given us. It was so sad to hear a sermon that was talking about what we are to do. Now, the third use of the law does indicate what God's will is for us. I'm not against that at all. But to have a whole sermon on the third use of the law and never mention that there isn't a law we do that we don't break and the forgiveness of sins, to leave that out of a sermon... That's not a Christian sermon. It's a lecture on what this pastor thought was biblical theology. He got excited about it, but I doubt whether very many of his members were excited. Next email. Dear Pastor Baker, I just want to thank you so much for your teachings. They are such a blessing to me. I am a new to the Lutheran faith and in the process of becoming a member. I've been listening to your teachings in the archive and working my way up to the present. However, I may never make it because there is so much content in each teaching, I have to listen to each one several times. I I just finished the episode Teaching where you talked about Heidelberg thesis 16. Just fantastic. You are really helping me understand the severity of original sin and our alienation from God. And more importantly, the importance of God's word in our lives. The Lord be a blessing to you and remember to rest those vocal cords you are doing these segments, segments, and you are recovering from a cold. And he signs it. Well, as you know, I said on Tuesday, I just had eye surgery on cataracts, and I had been in the hospital a little earlier, got through that. And so, yes, for a while, I wasn't able to speak real clearly, like I'm doing right now. So I appreciate his prayers. The Heidelberg Disputation was a series of propositions that Martin Luther put together in 1518. And and they are tremendous from a law and gospel point of view. You can't read them without recognizing what this email writer said. The severity of our sin and our alienation from God. Now, when you stop and think about that kind of Christian theology, what other religion talks about alienation from God but getting back to God by what God does? I don't know of another one in the world outside of the Christian faith. And that's a unique difference between Christianity versus every other religion in the world. Only in Christianity is God the one who becomes our Savior by becoming enfleshed, incarnated, dying on the cross, paying for our sins, and then rising from the dead for our justification. Okay, next email. Dear Pastor Baker, I listened to your show where you talked about teaching versus preaching and its implication. This is something that has been on my mind for some time. I and my family used to attend and LCMS congregation, and he tells us in what area, but it no longer uses the hymnal, no liturgy or hymns. The pastor, however, is very zealous about conservative Lutheran doctrine. Since time ago, we transferred our membership and then gives the name where they're going, I was exposed to the liturgy, including singing the hymns. I must say that I am absolutely astounded how much our whole family has grown in our faith, in our Lord, during the time since our transfer. Not only do I love the hymns and the liturgy, but the pastor is preaching always the condemning law, then the sweet gospel. He does not hold back or compromise one bit. His sermons are out of this world, literally. My previous church's ministry and worship is spiritually poor with no liturgy and hymns And often seems like a Bible study teaching session, which is a difference to the pastor we have today. He is a powerhouse of faith, strengthening us because God's word is an abundant part of worship, and the preacher is someone who lets himself be an instrument of God's most powerful preaching tools. Law and Gospel, Applied Without Hesitation or Fear. Thank you for a great program. God bless, and the name is there. Now, I've noticed that there is a distinction between teaching and preaching. In my Bible studies, it's not that we don't mention law and gospel, but we often analyze the text we look closer at the original Greek and Hebrew and we try and figure out what does that word mean in this particular context. For example, this past Sunday, we had the same word in the same verse but with different meaning. It was the word law. Paul was talking about how the message of Jesus Christ was found not because of our obedience to the law, but through the law and the prophets. What was he talking about? Well, obedience to the law is how many people think they are saved. And no one is saved by being obedient to the law. Because you can't be obedient until after you are totally saved because then you have what God is looking for, the proper motivation. But then when the word law appeared under law and prophets, the word law there was referring to the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Because Moses is considered the one who taught the law in contrast to Jesus who brings in a clear teaching of the gospel. It's not that the gospel is not found in Moses' books. But if you take a look at Exodus, where the people say all these things we will do and obey, that was a promise that they could not keep. And that's why in the book of Hebrews, it clearly states that that old covenant, that old agreement fell apart because of the sins of people. Whereas a new covenant, the promises are only made by God. And therefore, it can never fall apart. All righty. Mr. Baker. I'm contacting you in reference to a program about politics and the church. Reverend Wes Reimnitz has cited one of your programs from Law and Gospel to me as a good guide on politics from the pulpit. Any help would be deeply appreciated. Okay, how do we regard... Politics as something that we should not say about and something we should say about. We make a distinction between 90% of the political decisions made in Congress, etc., really have nothing to do with the Bible. They may be decisions, for example, I've been watching. On YouTube a series of air crashes that have occurred and when the plane crashes they bring in investigators who take a look what happened and it's really quite amazing that when they find out the cause they discover that this could be something that could happen on other planes so what does the government do they go ahead and put out a statement saying that these things need to be fixed or checked more often. The one I saw last night, it was just a bolt that was attached to the tail of the plane, which, of course, makes the plane go right or left. And that bolt had not been properly replaced a different size bolt had been put in. And so they took a look at the bolts in the planes, and 60% of them were the wrong bolts. In fact, one of the planes that could have been affected was the plane that the president of the United States flew on. So Congress made a law about making sure that the right bolt is put on when repairs are being made. I shouldn't say anything about that in a sermon. That's a political decision, but as far as I can see, has nothing to do with the Bible, unless you want to bring in the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, because in the accident that we, they were talking about, Over 200 people had died when the plane crashed, and we are not to hurt or harm our neighbors. But that's not something you'd want to mention every time the government makes a law, that that's good. They're not hurting or harming the neighbor and protecting them. So what, from most people's point of view, what political issues can we talk about in a sermon as a pastor? Well, the one political issue would not be global warming. The archbishop in Canterbury indicated that anybody against global warming would be like the Nazis who killed the Jews. Well, he had to apologize for that nonsense, and so he should have. But the reason he had to apologize is not only it upset the Jews, but it wasn't according to the Bible. So that's the distinction we make. I can speak of what some people think is political issues, such as abortion, homosexuality, etc., because the Bible speaks against it. So a pastor needs to be really careful when he's dealing with issues that some people think that that's really what the politicians should be doing. If the Bible speaks against it, then that is proper for a sermon. Whereas if the Bible doesn't speak against it, it's open to interpretation and Christians can have different views And the pastor shouldn't force sin upon a Christian where the Bible does not consider it to be sin. So, appreciate the emails as many people are learning more about the proper distinctions between law and gospel. I've been at it for over 24 years on this radio station and I still have a lot to learn. So we thank God for the teachers. Monday, we'll be looking at a text from a law gospel point of view. Until then, God bless you.